everybody, and welcome to episode 364 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home, jamming some arena, or heading out this very weekend yes. to your local game store for a pre-release. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, it's always one of our most popular shows. We've got Judge Rob in the house to give us an update on Theros, Beyond Death, Rules, card interactions, tricky weird stuff on cards. He's going to have you covered for your pre-release coming up this weekend. That's right. But before we jump into it, uh, we have a couple of people to thank. Most namely you, if you are a patron of this show. Thank you one billion times over. Um, And... We mentioned last week, I said I would sew tote bags <laughs> for the first five people um, to join at five or at $10. Yes, $10 um, And there were some month. people who bumped up to $10 a month, and I counted that. Great. Um, so uh, thank you so much for joining or upping your pledges to Jimmy, Anthony, Ryan, Edern. Sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly. Gabby and David. Yay! Thank you all so much. Um, and you will have those tote bags as fast as my little hands can sew them. Yeah, <laughs> Megan's got little mouse hands. <laughs> Especially when I sew. Actually, my sewing speed is limited by the fact that I've been meaning to get a new sewing machine for like a while now. Yeah. But that's a big investment. So I just keep sewing on the one that I have, which is quite old. And the motor is slowly dying. And so it goes... It goes slower and slower <laughs> every time I use it. It cannot go very fast. I'm like flooring it on my sewing machine because it has a little pedal. I'm flooring it in Excuse the sewing me, uh, machine ma'am, world. Do you know how fast you were going? I had to pull you over. You're flooring your sewing machine um, in your house. But I was not going that fast. Well, you pedal to the metal. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, I look forward to sending you all your tote bags. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. even if you didn't get a tote bag, please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash glhf magic for as little as a buck a month you can join our club or buck 25 a week will get you into our squirrel level and you get access to our discord server yeah. and the ability to challenge megan and i on arena coming up tomorrow that's right so for you listening let me think about how this goes wait that's today that's today tuesday for yeah people listening. for people listening tuesday Today, the 14th, I will be streaming Yes, starting at noon, and you can challenge me in any format of your choosing. Wednesday, we're going to be doing a special Theros early access stream, yeah. which will be really fun, playing with Theros before anybody else on Arena. And Thursday, you can challenge Megan. That's right. Starting at 6 p.m. Central. And if you want to challenge us, just head into the Arena Tag uh, channel of the Discord with your username and what format you want to challenge us in, or reply to the post that we put up there on Patreon. Yep, and you can always be there the day of the stream if you're watching and are a patron and then drop a message in the discord the very day of and we'll get you in there go follow twitch.tv slash glhf magic if you want to hang out and challenge us or just watch the streams because we love having people just hanging out and chat it'll be really fun yeah um also thank you so much to our sponsor card kingdom cardkingdom.com slash glhf magic the place to go for all of your theros beyond death needs that's right do you want a booster box to draft with your friends do you yes. want to start thinking about singles do you need sleeves for your pre-release do you need like yes. play mats deck boxes whatever what you need. do you need in your magic afterlife <laughs> i like it use those chains from the underworld for good <laughs> and head to cardkingdom.com slash glhf that's the affiliate link to use for anything you want to buy ask for a maria and megan token or sticker they'll put one in your order mm-hmm. for free all right uh yeah by the way theros on arena on thursday dang kids so i mean wednesday get ready yeah it's gonna be pretty sweet oh 
Oh no! I'm so excited. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! I'm so excited. All right, everybody, it's time to welcome in very special guest Judge Rob in here to help us out with Theros Beyond Hi. Death. Hi, Judge Rob. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? You know what? I just flew in from GP Austin, and boy, are mm. my legs tired. <laughs> The, your, the seats yeah. were pretty cramped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same here. Um, I likewise just flew in from the Star City Games Open in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I was head judge, and so we were on opposite modern tournaments. That's true. Yeah. So, our our top eight had Yogmoth defeating Urza twice. That's oh. pretty sweet. I like that new Yogmoth deck, by the yeah. way. It's pretty cool. It's very difficult to play. And will perhaps will we see more of it now that Urza is. He's still around. I mean, but he's then, here, but... But some of his necessary yeah. friends have yeah. gotten True. the boot. Some True. of his support pieces have, have definitely been, you know, kicked to the curb. Um, Judge Rob, what are you reading today? Oh, I was reading With a Tangled Skin, oh. uh, which is... Uh, so Piers Anthony... Oh, I thought it said Tangled Skin, and I was really no. off it. Wow. <laughs> oh. That would be way... Yeah, that would, that'd be a little bit different. You've got to look spookier. at the art, though, if you're yeah. watching the video. It's very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's book three of a very surreal series by Piers Anthony. There's these incarnations that are jobs. So fate is a job. Death is a job. War is a job. And people take up the, the role. Oh, and cool. so in, in, in his fan, in this fantasy universe. And so, but it's set on something pretty analogous to normal earth. That's pretty cool. And I so, like it. The cover yeah. is, I was going to be like, is it kind of witchy? Because the cover is pretty witchy. Yeah. But it's spidery. She's fate. Yes. She, she weaves the threads oh, of fate. And nice. it's actually three women that share a body in his. What? And so, yeah, it's, this is the, this is probably the third best of the books in the series after war and death. All right. Um, so, fair enough. It's it's not like amazing high prose, but it's fun. Yeah. Excellent. Nice. Set it over there. <laughs> okay, so Rob, you usually start off our cool uh, pre-release episodes. We're going to get into card interaction, mechanics, that kind of thing, in just a second, with a nice little PSA. Yeah, my PSA uh, is partially inspired by me flying back from Knoxville and realizing I left my charger for my laptop in the hotel room. Um, so you're going to be going to a pre-release this weekend. You're going to bring some stuff. You're going to bring snacks, deck box, drinks, whatever. Pay attention to it. This is the stuff rule that you might hear sometimes from people is you care about your stuff. Your friends care less about it because they probably don't have to replace it. So if you leave your bag with a friend, they might wander away from it because it's not theirs. And they don't remember it's theirs. Uh, pay attention to your stuff. Also, if your friends ask you to pay attention to their stuff, be mindful that you won't automatically consider it as as you know, valuable to you as your stuff. So be aware to not forget your friend's stuff if they ask you to watch their things or whatever. Stores are going to do their best to get things back to you. Judges will do their best to get things back to you. But stuff gets lost if you don't pay attention to it. And I I like to make sure we returned a cell phone and a wallet this weekend wow. at Knoxville. And so... We, those are important stuff. Yes, they were important stuff. And yeah. so people are... People misplace things all the time. I just want to help people not get their weekend ruined by losing their cell phone. Great I know that Rob. would wreck my weekend. Pretty Do you bad. know what? I have been doing really well for a very long stretch. Mm-hmm. And then in the last couple of months, I left two different cell phone chargers. First time mm-hmm. in that I can remember ever that I've left a cell phone charger. Did it back to back. 
Wow, back to back. Back to back. And then I left my phone on a plane. I had like a real spate of just not remembering. Do you want to know that I left, I've left Boggles behind on two separate occasions? <gasps> Maria! Twice. You love them. I and love yet them. you leave them behind. And they're foil. And yes. I left them behind. And thankfully, magic players are usually very kind hearted and have they've been returned to me both times. Yep. And as a related thing to that, if you're going to a big event, if you're going to a store that you don't go to often, if you are just going to a store and you know there's going to be a bunch of people who are only there for pre-releases, tag your stuff in some way. Even if you just take a basic planes and write your contact info on it and tuck it in the back of your deck box. Yeah, that's like, a good idea. Like, just something. I keep a copy of, the, of my business card in my deck box so that, you know, if it gets lost or returned to lost and found, they'll open it up and they'll look through it and they'll go, it's got somebody's name on it. Should we call them up to the to the desk to get their, their thing. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Smart. Uh, so that, that helps it get back into my hands. Some people are charitably not nice people and they'll just keep it. But a, a very large proportion of people return things. I have definitely had people lost and found bring up like a legacy deck and give it to us. I'm like, you could have walked away with this. Yep. This is a car. <laughs> then, yes. Yeah. Okay. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Speaking of more anecdotes from my personal yeah. life, Let's on Thursday, it. someone hit my parked car and drove away. Oh, anyway. So sad. That's all. Gosh darn it, people. Speaking of things that are a car Why and that people, and that people walk do? away from, oh. it was my car and someone walked away from it. Gosh Anyways. Like yeah. I said, it was a week. Anyways, yeah. cards, Theros. Cards, Theros. So welcome back to Theros. Yay! Uh, Yay! We're so excited. I, yes. I am simultaneously excited and like when I look at the set, this is not the Theros that I remember. That's very true. Oh, well, what it, do you mean? So the previous Theros was, they tend to cycle power up and down over different sets and blocks. And so they'll tend to have like a super powerful block and then a less powerful block, right? Yeah. yeah. And Theros was on the receiving end of the less powerful block. Uh, they also goofed up and didn't put constellation in Theros proper. They, you know, held on to it until journey and journey. journey. Yeah. yeah. And so like everybody's like, well, why can't we get triggers for enchantments coming out? Which it's like, we must have forgotten it. And they're like, we're not idiots. You left it out for a reason. Can you tell us why? No, we can't. Thanks, wizards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did put it in this set. So yes. talking about returning mechanics, we have constellation. Oh, I love constellation. Uh, yeah. Uh, so constellation is a is an ability word. It's an italicized word that doesn't mean anything on its own. Every card of the constellation has when whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, do a thing. Uh, they're all permanents and they all trigger when enchantments come out. In the previous Theros, everything with constellation was an enchantment, so it triggered itself. In in Theros Beyond Death, none of the things with constellation are enchantments. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I, I went and looked at it. I was like, I want to see something trigger itself. And I was like, oh, there's none of those. Uh, so everything just basically doesn't do anything when it comes out for the constellation. So when we look at like uh, Eutropia, the twice favored here, uh, Eutropia is a two-two for blue, green, and one legendary creature, human wizard. Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. That creature gains flying until end of turn. Nice. Really yeah. good. Uh, Eutropia triggers when other enchantments come out. If the enchantment is itself a creature, it'll be on the battlefield for this. So 
if you play a enchantment creature with Eutropia out, oh. it'll trigger Eutropia. You can put the counter on that thing and give it flying until end of turn. Ooh. Which okay, uh, yeah. that's so, good to know. So it, it's out by the time that happens. Okay. Um, the uh, the other big returning is devotion. Oh, I also yes. love devotion. Devotion's yep. so I great. I love both they, these mechanics. Yes, they brought back the things that people liked. Uh, that's heroic. Yeah. Oh, they there are heroic. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why they don't have the heroic ability word on the heroic Maybe cards. they have a certain number and they're like, we can only put, you know, X number of mechanics into a set officially. No, that's... I mean... I honestly don't know true, why. true, but not true. Yeah, like, they, they should just say heroic and then have the thing, but even though they're all exactly the same, that's the other thing about that the is new true. heroics. They yeah. are heroics. So, uh, so devotion is, uh, it's, is a number. It's a way to reference a number. That number is the number of mana symbols you have on permanence of a given type. So... Anax Hardened in the Forge, red, red, and one for a star three. Uh, legendary enchantment creature, Demigod, which is a new card Anax. type, or creature yeah. type. Uh, Anax's power is equal to your devotion to red. Each red in the mana costs of permanence you control counts towards your devotion to, to red. Anytime you see a mana symbol in the upright of a card, if it has a red anywhere on it, it counts towards your, your devotion to red. So hybrid red-white counts towards devotion to red. The thing with devotion is it's just a way to calculate a value. So anything that refers to devotion uses it to do something else. And some of these things are like Annex, which is a continuous effect. He recalculates all the time when other stuff is happening, when things leave the battlefield. Some of them are, some of them happen as a one shot exactly when their effect happens. So for instance, Clothis's design is green and five for a sorcery. Creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is your devotion to green. Uh, at the time the design resolves, you figure out how much devotion you have at that point, apply the effect, and you're done. So you can respond by killing something to lower yep. the devotion. Yep, your you definitely can lower their devotion, and then it messes it up. And then even if after Clothis's design resolves, you cast another creature with a green mana symbol, that number was locked in already. Right. And so that, that number isn't going to vary later in the turn. I also wanted to mention one other thing about Anax, because uh, while I'm here, he has another ability. Whenever Anax or another non-token creature you control dies, create a 1-1 one, one red satyr creature token with this creature can't block. If the creature that died had power 4 or greater, create two of those tokens instead. So Anax, when something dies, he looks back to how it last was on the battlefield. So he counts the devotion for himself. So if, he, if you have Anax and then another thing that costs red red, and then Anax dies, he had 4 power when he left. And that, that was the last power that he had on the battlefield. So you get two tokens from him. Oh, wild. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually pretty likely that he'll leave behind two guys. Two friends. Yep, two Thanks, friends. Thanks, Annex. Yep. The gods are the, the, the absolute top end of the devotion cards. Uh, also There's, love them. Yes. They're also coming back. Yeah, but only five. <laughs> well, six, seven of them. There's Yeah, there were ten before, right? Fifteen. Oh, wow. There was yeah. 15 before? Wow. Yeah, every two-color combination, right? That's Holy right. Cow, yeah, right? you're right. And so th th there were gods for every every monocolor and every two-color, so that's 15, right? But did we see all of them? Yeah, we saw every... It, because each set had five gods in it for the whole block. You're right. And then wow. in, in Journey to Nyx, occasionally you could open a booster whoa, whoa. pack that had all 15 gods. That's instead right. Of, right. Fun. Uh, okay. I opened an Erebos <laughs> because we had to practice for the team series oh. drafts, and... Um, we didn't have enough time to really draft or do anything, mm -hmm. but I did crack a few packs. Got Erebos. Nice. Nice. Very nice. So Nylea the Kenite is a god. Uh, green and three. 
for a 5-6 legendary enchantment creature god, indestructible. As long as your devotion to green is less than 5, Nylea isn't a creature. Creature spells you cast cost 1 mana less to cast. Green and 2 reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it into your hand. Otherwise, you may put it into your graveyard. So all the gods have a... They, they are enchantments all the time, and mm-hmm. sometimes they also get animated into being creatures. But in all zones, other than the battlefield, they're always creatures. So I was going to use Nylea as an example. If you activate Nylea's green and two ability and reveal a Nylea on the top of your library, you can put a Nylea into your hand, even if you don't have enough devotion to turn it on. Yeah. Because Nylea only only deanimates herself while she's on the battlefield. <laughs> that is a bizarre sentence. That's like Data putting himself to sleep. Yep. <laughs> and so it, she'll she'll deanimate. And on the stack, so if you have an Nylea the Keen-Eyed and you're trying to cast another Nylea for whatever reason, Nylea will discount the Nylea the Keen-Eyed on the stack. It's a creature spell, and it can get countered by things that counter only creature spells. Okay. Yeah. No matter how many green mana symbols you have on your permanents. Sagas are back as well. Oh, this is amazing. weird. Gosh, like, I love sagas. I, I love them too, but they're like, like oh, this makes perfect sense for them to be here, because this is a land of myth and legend. But yeah. is it kind of everywhere a land of myth and legend? Yes. So, but especially Theros. Especially Theros. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they get to all be like urns and shields and stuff as their art, which means that they get really, really neat art that we wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, so like the triumph, of, the triumph of Anax here, it's red and two for an enchantment saga with a very strange frame. It's got the art on one side and it has the text all on the other. It reminds you as the saga enters and as after your draw step, add a lore counter. Sacrifice after, in this case, four. I wanted to point out, if you remember sagas from before, they only had three stages, chapters. three chapters, and then they were all different from each other. Well, not all different from each other on every previous saga, but yeah. now we have a lot of oddball sagas, like the Triumph of Anax, which <laughs> chapters one, two, and three are Anax gets angry. Uh, until end of turn, target creature gets trampled and gets plus X plus zero, where X is the number of lore counters in the Triumph of Anax. Ooh. So he gets progressively, whatever creature gets progressively angrier. Spicy. And then chapter four, target creature you control fights up to one target creature you don't control. Great. And so, it. yep, I, I will get angry, angrier and angrier and angrier until I decide to punch you in the face. I got to say, though, <laughs> reading a book with the same first three chapters has got to be a bizarre experience. <laughs> I, so... <laughs> Chapter four is different, but not the first three. No, the first three is just the same thing. Yeah, or yeah. just like the, you're reading the same <laughs> the chapter. The exact same. But you're not rereading it. They just printed they just it three print times. Three times. Yeah, this sounds like a weird art book. Like, have you read On a Winter's Night, A Traveler? No. Oh, it's a it's a book about going to the bookstore and looking for a book called On a Winter's Night, A Traveler. And you get Whoa. it and you find out that when you start reading it, that it isn't at all about what the topic you were told the book was about and instead about a person who goes to a bookstore to find a book and gets a book. Uh, or like how <laughs> the book version yeah. of The Princess Bride yes. re- is referencing a lot of times like about his grandfather reading him the book mm-hmm. and it turns out that his grandfather was cutting out all of this like really boring chapters about like policy yes. and politics. Yeah, it's like there was apparently three chapters about this person bringing all their hats along. Yes. Like, Exactly. But that book's all <laughs> fictitious, right? So you well, made up a maybe. fake bad book? Yes. Maybe he wrote the bad book. And then he's like cutting out the parts. He's like, if if I were to just give you this book, you would be bored by it. Yep. So I'm going to tell you only the exciting parts. And then, <laughs> and then cut away to tell you about this chapter about hats real quick yes. before we go back to the good this stuff. This could happen with Lord of the Rings. Be like, And then they eat and walk for a long time, but we're going to skip over that. Honestly, yeah. there are quite <laughs> a few parts. Well, that's, that's, that's what the movies like, 
are. The yeah, movies right? are fixing <laughs> Tolkien's inability to pace, right? <laughs> Except for The Hobbit, which does oh, the yeah. opposite and takes a well-paced book and makes it into three There's movies a for no scene. given reason. <laughs> like, I... So the Hobbit's the only. Yes, exactly. I, I agree the with you Hobbit on every sense. Like, so well paced, <laughs> excellent little book. Uh, funny. So, but what I want to talk about sagas a little bit. So when a saga comes out, it, it it enters with a counter triggers, does the first chapter, and when it gets to the last chapter, it puts the puts that on. It triggers the ability, and then it gets sacrificed after that ability leaves the stack. So you can respond to that. So if you have one of the one of the cards in the set that lets you sacrifice an enchantment at instant speed, you can put that trigger on the stack and then sacrifice the the saga if you had wanted to. Great value. Nice. Yeah, tons of value. Um, just be aware that you have to be pretty explicit about doing so. Your so your opponent knows what's going on because otherwise they'll be like, it was, "It's getting sacrificed." I agree. Yeah, that's what it does. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, "No, no, no! I want to respond to this ability." So, um, escape is the new mechanic. Uh, I am. Very excited about Escape. It's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah so I really like new it. stuff. Um, Escape is like flashback that's self-limiting, which is really nice. Uh, so we look at Chainweb Arachnir here. It's a one-two for single green creature spider with reach. When Chainweb Arachnir enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature with flying that an opponent controls. So it just one's a opponent's flyer, which isn't terribly Bing. great. Um, it has Escape for green, green, and three. Exile for... Exile green green three and exile four other cards from your graveyard. That is a cost to escape from your graveyard. You eat four other things, you pay the mana cost, you cast the spell from your graveyard. Uh, Chainwood Brackner here says it escapes with three plus one plus one counters on it. Nice. This is a good card, by the way. Saw this it is in play incredibly good during card. Team Series Finals. Do not sleep on this card. Yeah, and like I, everyone who's who I've known who's looked at it goes, this card's insane, right? Yeah. But. Yeah, okay. Comes but, back as a little 4-6 that yeah. hits something. Yep. And also, so, sorry to yeah, interrupt yeah. you, but escape here, there's no exiling it after it dies when it comes back with those yeah, counters. That, that was the next thing. that There are two things that I want to talk about relative to it. Um, anything that escapes with counters, which is which are a lot of the commons and uncommons, they escape with additional counters on them. They enter and they always have those counters. And so Chainweb Arachnid will have them before its triggered ability, before it punches the opponent's creature. Great point. And you can't respond to that. It always has the counter, so you can't, it doesn't come out, trigger, and then you take they can it respond from your kill graveyard it. with a little well, die on it. <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah, exactly. It just That's how I have to think yep. about it. Um, and because it, there's a lot of instances and sorcerers with escape, you cast them, and they go back to the graveyard. Normally with flashback, if they had flashback, they would exile themselves as they leave the stack. Nope. You can you do can it just, again. Yeah, do it again, uh, which is going to cause some real interesting things uh, when we give escape to cards that really shouldn't have it, which we'll talk about <laughs> in a little bit. Oh, boy. Um, oh, so, spicy. Uh, we're going to get to individual cards, and we're going to talk about that it, that grantor. Oh, if somebody gets escape twice because we granted it escape with the card that does, then you get to choose which escape you you use. And all of them are different. They all exhale a different number of cards. They all, they all pay a different amount of mana for it. So... Uh, just you have to read the whole text of escape to figure out exactly what you're paying in order to play that from your graveyard. Mm -hmm. Are we going to talk about that card coming up? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. It's in my individual cards. I, was gonna say, I, I wanted have, to spend I some have time. Questions. So we'll get to it. Yeah. I've, I put it down here, right? Yeah. Underworld yeah. breach. All right. So yeah. Underworld breach has a lot of stuff going on with it. There's a, this set spoilers 
it's got some weird stuff going on and some <laughs> decisions that I don't agree with for some of these cards. Uh, so, Kallax, Destiny's Hand. Uh, it's the new Planeswalker. He's a construct? Yeah. Question mark? Uh, so white oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's, he was created by a green-red god, and he's green-white. We green, have some white. listeners with some yeah. questions about that. Everybody yeah. does, I think, and uh, I can't answer them. I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, so white-green two, legendary planeswalker Kallax enters with four loyalty, plus one. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reel an enchantment card from among them and put that card into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order, and that's fine, whatever straightforward minus three exile target creature or enchantment you don't control until target enchantment you do control leaves the battlefield so you pick an enchantment you control you pick a creature enchantment they control and then put it underneath yours basically just like it turned into a banishing light Mm -hmm. um and so this ability has a duration on it and that thing will come back immediately when that card leaves the battlefield it isn't a triggered ability. You can't stop it with things that counter triggered abilities. There's one of those in this set. It's just going to come back as soon as that thing leaves the battlefield for whatever reason. Okay. Minus seven. Return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. This is weird. There are auras, right? Let's say that you don't have any creatures. But your graveyard has some enchantment creatures and some auras. Yeah. Everything tries to come out at once. The auras that are have enchant creature don't have anything to attach to if there's no creatures in the battlefield. And they so they stay in the graveyard. Oh, weird. Because because it isn't return a lot of things will be like return everything and then return a second set of things. And he's just return all enchantments. Um, it's also not optional. So if you don't have any creatures and you have auras with enchant creature, but your opponent has creatures, you have to return the auras and put them on your opponent's creatures. What? that's rude it's not optional it just tells you to do it and the auras have to go on something yep they must go on something if there's something that they can enchant so if you have no creatures and your opponent does have creatures yes and you have a bunch of auras in your graveyard maybe don't use this yeah probably probably think real hard about (laughs) not returning things with calyx that's messed up man all right um it also also you can attach these auras to things that you sometimes couldn't attach things to so if your opponent's creatures have hexproof, auras target when you cast them. They don't target if they're just put directly onto the battlefield. So if your opponent is a creature with hexproof and you have um, Mogus's whatever that gives you it minus put, two, like, minus one. What about ichthyomorphosis, Yeah, for ichthyomorphosis, yep. You could attach ichthyomorphosis to it, and then it would stop having hexproof. Oh. That's wild. <laughs> My mind is boggled. Yeah, that I looked at Calyx and I was like, this boggled. guy has some stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, Next right. Bloom Ancient. Uh, you ready for a card that's going to make people unhappy? <laughs> it, <laughs> Absolutely. It, it looks like it does a lot of things, and it does, and then it doesn't do some things that you think it might. Green, 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 four, five, five, enchantment creature elemental. Next Bloom Ancient. Trample. Okay. If you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. Yeah, wow. it's a it, lot of mana. It's a lot of mana. It also it also costs seven mana up front. It like I expect my seven mana green creatures to be pretty good. Like yeah. you're you're one mana off a of crater hoof at that point, right? Yeah, like, sure. It, like it I don't better th- be crater hoof minus one. Yeah, this might actually be crater hoof minus one. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um, if you untap with this, there's you probably should win the game. But some limitations on this: the thing has to have a tap symbol on it that is tap it that is being used to create mana yeah so urza we 
referenced him a little bit earlier. He says, tap an untapped artifact you control, add blue to your mana pool. That is not tripled by Nyx Blue Mansion. Okay. Because that that thing is not using a tap ability with a tap It's using symbol. Urza's... Uh, well, the yeah. The text on Urza. Urza yeah, is telling it. To yes. yes. Um, so, and also, things that trigger from those don't give you mana. So in this very same set, there's Wolf Willow Haven. Green and one, enchantment aura, enchant land. Whenever enchanted land is tapped for mana, its controller adds an additional green. So this is not tripled by Nyx Blue Mansion. Okay. okay. So if you put this on a forest, with Nyx Blue Mansion out, you tap the forest for green, green, green. Then Wolf Willowhaven would add one more green. So you'd get four. All right. So Nyx Blue Mansion doesn't triple all mana, just tapping permanents for mana. Okay. On another related note, there's a green card in the set that makes a gold token. Yay! It does not explain what that gold token does. If you're used to treasure, treasure is tap and sacrifice to add one mana of any color. I actually might have that pretty close to next because I was going to mention it because gold is not spelled out on the card at all. I'm just going to skip to it. I'm so excited for gold tokens to come back. So the the first Iroan games, um, it's last. It's a saga, and you get gold because you won the first Iroan games as its fourth chapter. Gold tokens sacrifice to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. They do not tap and sacrifice like a treasure token. So this gold token is not tripled by Nyx Bloom Agent. All right. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. And I don't... But a treasure would be? Yes. All right. But yes. So if you have treasure tokens, gold tokens behave differently from each other. I prefer gold tokens. So I do too because I play King Makar in Commander. And mm-hmm. I definitely use gold tokens to improvise and then also cast spells. Dang. Uh, and you can't do that with treasures, which is why treasures tap. <laughs> yes, it is, precisely. Ooh, here's a card that seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Ephemia the Cacophony. Yeah, she's a 2-1 legendary enchantment creature harpy for black and one. She is flying, and at the beginning of your end step, you may, may exile an enchantment card from your graveyard. If you do, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So she doesn't target that thing in the graveyard. Uh, her trigger goes in the stack, your opponent gets the chance to resolve, or respond then, if they want to exile some things in your graveyard. And if they don't and they let it re- let it resolve, you pick what to exile, you exile it, you make a token. They don't get the chance to sneak in there and exile it to block you to counter this in any way. So if they exile the thing you want to exile, you can exile something else instead. You don't make okay. the choice until the trigger resolves. And it triggering at the uh, beginning of your end step is also a little strange. Yeah, it's a little weird because, it, so you'll play the cacophony, go to your end step and make a zombie right away oftentimes. She's going to be four power for two yeah. mana a lot yeah i think so keep which that in is mind. pretty good um ashiok's eraser blue blue and two for an enchantment whoa 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 did you say eraser <laughs> i mean eraser eraser yeah. i i've got a eraser. midwestern mus- mush mouth i really eraser. like ashiok's eraser though that's a much better name for a card <laughs> he's got a little pencil and he's like let me erase your good dream <laughs> well if you look at this he's kind of like he has a magic they. oh no that's they you're right a they and b I thought that was like an object that they were holding, it but a it's brain? a person's head. It's a brain? No, that in, oh. the, 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 oh, yeah, that's, that's somebody's head. It's head. Okay. Uh, so, Creepy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's an enchantment. It has flash. Flash means you can play it anytime. You can play an instant. And this is important for this card because it says when it enters the battlefield, exile target spell. A spell is anything on the stack. Instant sorceries, creatures, enchantments, anything on the stack. Ashiok can erase. Uh, your opponents can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. Oh. And when Ashiok's Erasure leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to its owner's hand. So they can try again now that it's unlocked from it. This is a 
this, unlike Kallax, is a triggered ability. So that triggered ability that would go to return their card, you can counter that. If you do that, it'll stay in exile. And you know what happens if it stays in exile? They could cast other copies of it now because the erasure has that your opponent's can't cast text, but it left the battlefield, and so it isn't there anymore to, to provide that continuous effect. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yep. Just a lot of weird stuff going on to think through. I like this They card. made you forget yeah. the spell. <laughs> Bronze Hide Lion. It's a 3-3 three, three cat for green and white. Meow. Yep. And it's... Man, I remember back in the day when they printed Watch Wolf, and that was a really good card. <laughs> this is like three kinds of upgrade from Watch Wolf. Let's go, kitty cats. Yeah. So Bronze Hide Lion uh, has the activated ability white-green. Bronze Hide Lion gains indestructible until end of turn. And when Bronze Hide Lion, it has a second ability. When Bronze Hide Lion dies, return it to the battlefield. It's now an aura enchantment with enchant creature you control, and green-white enchanted creature gains indestructible until end of turn, and it loses all of their abilities. Complicated. Oh, this so, card is what? complicated. Yeah. So you remember we I mentioned auras, they come back, they don't target. So yeah. what's gonna happen is they're gonna kill your bronze side line, it enters the battlefield, and unlike Calyx, this the aura is gonna have enchant creature you control. So if you have no other creatures, it will just fail to return to the battlefield. It'll stay in the graveyard. Thank God. Yep. I, I mean, it doesn't matter because, well, it does because it gives the activated ability to the creature. Um, you can put it on any creature you control, and if they let you choose a creature, it's too late. The trigger is resolved, and you get the uh, get the aura on that creature. So I have another creature. You kill my bronze-eyed lion. Trigger goes in the stack. You say, kill this thing. I go, well, I'll put it on this third creature instead. Yeah. Because the... As it resolves, I make that choice. It doesn't target as yeah. part of the trigger, uh, which so be careful because when that bronze headline dies, it's going to be coming back on something. Oh, oh wow, boy, that's it, a little counterintuitive. I think. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. They, I think they wanted to make sure that you know you didn't get blown out because we're going to talk a bit more about auras and targeting. You are going to be able to get hosed pretty badly in the set by instant speed removal because auras have this inherent problem where if you target something with an aura, your opponent can respond by killing your creature. Yeah, and Classic two for one. Yep. But not when it comes back from the graveyard because it's not targeting. Yep. Wild. Yep. We'll okay. call back to our buddy Fleece Mane Lion. Yeah. Yep. From Which are both callbacks to the Nemean Lion. <laughs> so, Elspeth Conquers Death. <gasps> My favorite art in this set. Really? Sweet. What do you mean, really? It's really cool. It looks it, like it, a mosaic. No, it, it is. It is really cool. There's just a lot of really good art in this yeah, set. That there's is true. there's a, there's three good Seb McKinnon pieces at least, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Three straight so, bangers. Right. Uh, so Elspeth conquers death. It's a saga, uh, enchantment saga. White weight three to cast. It has three chapters. Chapter one: Exile target permanent and opponent controls with converted mana cost three or greater. Straightforward. Chapter two: Non-creature spells your opponent's cast cost two mana more to cast until your next turn. And chapter three, return target creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Put a plus one plus one counter or a loyalty counter on it. This one is a little weird. It doesn't care what type of permanent it is. If you return a Gideon, you can put a plus one plus one counter on a Gideon. <laughs> you choose which type of counter, and you can put inappropriate counters on things. You can put loyalty counters in your creatures. Inappropriate counters? <laughs> that counter is just straight up inappropriate. Yeah. That's what I said when I saw somebody had black marble t countertops with light wood-colored shelves. So inappropriate. That was That's what my bathroom is like. 
Wow. You just insulted Budrob's bathroom. I was actually trying to remember what it was, but I recently did see some counters plus cabinets that together I was like, this is horrible. But I can't remember the exact, like, what it what it was, you know? But I did have that reaction. Like, like white marble with light wood is actually pretty ugly. This I don't is know like, what it was, but yeah, yeah it was... Ooh, white marble with light wood is actually a very bad... Co- bad We're right. so many tweets like, that's my kitchen picture. Yep. <laughs> Send us your kitchens, everyone. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you can put loyalty counters in your creatures this way. Weird. This usually doesn't help you. But yeah. it l- does let you put plus one, plus one counters on Gideon or Sarkin, this may be a thing that you care about. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, Grasping Giant. Grasping Giant's a fun guy. Uh, white and five, he just wants to hug you. He's a 5-7 <laughs> giant. Uh, vigilance. Whenever Grasping Giant becomes blocked by a creature, exile that creature until Grasping Giant leaves the battlefield. <laughs> so, y- you block him, he hugs you. It just holds on to you and never lets you go. Um, <laughs> the thing with Grasping Giant, if you give him Trample, you generally, he's basically just unblockable. Wow. Because if you you exile the thing before damage, and if there's nothing left blocking a trampling creature, they get to assign all the damage to the player. And he does yeah. this to every creature that blocks him. Great. So Amazing. There are uh, four ways to give trample in a set, something like that. So he it's going to so happen. He has so many hugs to give. Yes, yeah, so many hugs to give. A <laughs> uh, person who doesn't like hugs is Hacktoast the Unscarred, though. White, white, red, red, legendary creature, human warrior. Hactos is a 6-1. Achilles is mentioned in previous episodes. But Hactos the Unscarred, he attacks each combat at Fable. He, he doesn't want to hug you. He wants to punch you. As Hactos enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four at random. Hactos is protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number, uh, which is super sweet. This is a very good card. It's a very good card. Um, but it it... Its goodness is variant. Um, there's a couple of different ways to determine the uh, what number. You can just roll a die and re-roll anything that isn't two, three, or four. Is a pretty straightforward and easy way to just solve this. Don't don't roll a d20. <laughs> yeah, did, you'll be there for a bit. Um, oh god, eighteen. Eighteen. Once. once okay, again. hold on. Seven. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Um, the the thing with Hactos, if something turns into a copy of Hactos. It doesn't have that as it enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four. That choice was never made. Oh. Because oh, it's just a copy and it just is it, it copy It copies all the text. It didn't enter the battlefield. If it was on the battlefield and changes into a copy of him. Um, what that means is that it doesn't have protection from anything. Uh, there's This is something that really hasn't existed too much in the rules before. It's clear in the release notes. If you get that ability and didn't choose a number for it, you don't have protection from anything at all. Okay. Uh, which you would think would be hard to do, except that Protean Thaumaturge is in this set and does exactly that. <laughs> uh, Protean Thaumaturge is a blue and one for a one one. Creature, human, wizard, constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, you may have Protean Thaumaturge become a copy of another target creature, except that it has this ability. Nice. So it can just keep copying yep. whenever constellation is triggered. Yep. But if it becomes a copy of a Factos, it'll just be a, seven, a six one that has to fight each turn. It doesn't have his protection. That's All so right. funny. Yep. Uh, I was like, there's no way they would put a onboard copy effect in the same set with it. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. In fact, there was a yep. way. Um, Narrator. And, yep. And no, the Thaumaturge, when it copies like that, like I said, isn't entering the battlefield. So if you change it into an enchantment creature, it won't trigger Constellation on anything. It just is that thing now. Yes, that yeah. is very important yes. to know. And it doesn't have summoning sickness if you change it into some big, big creature. 
because it's all it's it, already it, been it, there. Right. Assuming that it's been out. Yeah. If, if you change it the turn that you play it, it's still a summoning sickness. It's summoning sickness is based on it as an object. Like you're not making like a yeah. copy token. Yeah. It's becoming yes. a copy. Exactly. Um, Iron Scale Hydra. What a big boy. Yeah. I'll uh, read this card for you if you want yeah, some water. Absolutely. It is green, green three for a five, five creature Hydra. If a creature w- would deal combat damage to Iron Scale Hydra, prevent that damage and put a plus one, plus one counter on it instead. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You can't win combat with it. Ever. Um, you can win fights, though. Fighting it is not combat damage. Ooh. So it can lose in fights. There's also a very strange thing that can happen with a card from Thorn of Eldraine. So there, well, two cards from Thorn of Eldraine say combat damage that creatures you control would deal can't be prevented. Yes. Uh, Questing Beast and Stomp both stop damage from being prevented this turn. In for different ways relative to this. So if you attack with a Questing Beast and I block with Iron Scale Hydra, the damage isn't prevented. But I do get a counter on my Iron Scale Hydra. Yeah. And then it dies to death touch. Yeah. But. Look. <laughs> Look. Um, that's I that's future us's problem. It, uh, it's it's more touch. likely to happen with Stomp because, yes. because Stomp says damage can't be prevented um, this turn at all. So, Which is something that we never really had to think about with Stomp before. I've used that. I've won matches of Modern. Due to that, oh my! Uh, no, sorry, no, Pioneer. It was it was Pioneer. My opponent definitely was playing the um. The, there's a the, turbo the turns fog deck. deck. The the turn yeah. uh, the the Nexus of Fate deck. But when Nexus of Fate was Great. legal, and the, they were like, "Fog you, like, like ha, stomp, ha, 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 ha. combat." They're like, "Game two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, Shadow Spear. This card is on my bad naughty list for. You'll see. Ah. Uh, yeah, you're right. So Shadow Spirit's a one-cost artifact equipment, legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has trample and lifelink. Uh, one mana, activated ability, permanence your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Uh, equips for two mana. Uh, Shadow Spear, when you activate it, takes the current hexproof and indestructible and throws them away. If they gain hexproof or indestructible after that ability resolves, they'll still have hexproof or indestructible. So we talked about the the lion earlier yeah. that can give indestructible. You can activate it. They shadow spear to remove it, and then you activate it again, and then you will have indestructible. <laughs> but what if they activate shadow spear again? Then it'll fall off. Again. You can keep going. Yeah, you can keep going. <laughs> it's based on people having keep mana. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, also, I love, it's the shadow spear. It's Heliod's spear. Come back to haunt <gasps> it him. Yes, it's the it's the undead version of Heliod's spear. Elspeth has retrieved it from wherever the hell he lost it. Oh, that's so Heliod, your butt creepy. don't have indestructible anymore. Yeah. This Ooh, is, I like it. Flavorful. This is like Godsend, but evil. Storm Herald. Red and two. Creature human shaman. Three, two. Haste. When Storm Herald enters the battlefield, return any number of aura cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to creatures you control. Exile those auras at the beginning of your next end step. If those auras would leave the battlefield, exile them instead of putting them anywhere else. So this sounds familiar to things you've heard already. Yeah. So it's got the auras, don't target, you can move them onto things. Um, he doesn't care about if the auras are enchant creature auras. So if you have a, like an enchant enchantment or an enchant land... That, and you have something that is both an enchantment and a creature or an enchantment and a land, you get to aura them up with those weird auras. Uh, it probably won't come up that much. What I want to talk about, though, is actually the card that's going to come up a bunch, a bunch of common notes, is Flicker of Fate. It's an instant for white and one. 
Exile target creature or enchantment, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So if you return an aura with Storm Herald, and then flicker or fade it, it gets exiled. Storm Herald is on board with. It's like, yeah, you went to exile. I, I agree. Comes back as a new object, and it sticks around forever. It's a totally new aura as far as Storm Herald is concerned. Yeah, that makes sense oh. to me. All right. Yep. Fair enough. And Flicker of Fate does a lot of weird things like this because it lets you r remove and then return something. Thassa will do the same kind of thing because she exiles and then returns something. Um, and that's an immediate exile then return. And so you can you can use Thassa or Flicker of Fate with Storm Herald to do fascinating things. Uh, I already mentioned the thing that I cared about in that. Underworld Breach. Why, Ooh, why did they print a red Yawgmoth's will? <laughs> Well, I have concerns about this card existing. <laughs> uh, so Underworld Breach is an enchantment for red and one. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape sure. cost on it is equal to the card's mana cost, plus XL three other cards from your graveyard. So it's escape of their cost plus three cards. And then at the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Underworld Breach. The first thought I had yeah. when I saw this card is, uh-oh. That's what I thought. <laughs> and I don't even know why I had that thought, but I had it. So, well, you this, probably should have. This card is, and so I've had people ask, why is this an enchantment? Cards like this in the past, like Past in Flames, have always been instant sorceries. And the thing is that Underworld Breach is designed so that things that die after you cast it will still get escape. Because normally with, uh, with a card like Past in Flames, which says instant sorceries in your graveyard gain flashback, it locks in that set of cards at the time yep. that you cast it. And so things that go to the graveyard later don't get the flashback from Past and Flames. Wow, yeah. But with Underworld Breach, it's a continuous effect in an enchantment, so it just keeps applying to new cards as they enter the graveyard, which solves a memory problem. But it means that you can cast spells that mill yourself in order to build up bigger numbers for Underworld Breach. <laughs> sure. Uh -oh. Or you yeah. can use Grinding <laughs> cool. Station to cool, sacrifice cool, 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 cool. zero-cost permanents to mill yourself for three. Great. Cool. Yeah. Fine. Right? Okay. This sounds did, fine. Did you know that they banned this, the best zero cost permanent in modern? <laughs> I did I'm hear that. very happy Ooh, about that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that keeps your, your combo from generating infinite mana while you're on your way to grape shotting your opponent for 20 just for having a grinding station plus an underworld breach on the battlefield. Well, that's something. Yep. Check out our news podcast, The Upkeep. Anywhere <laughs> fine podcasts are found for news every week, including band announcements. Mm -hmm. That's right. And this is a big one. Um, so as I mentioned, Underworld Breach will apply to things that happen later. Um, if the thing doesn't have a mana cost, uh, so each non-land card in your graveyard has escaped, there are non-land cards without mana costs. Like, like Ancestral, Ancestral Recall. Vi Ancestral no, Vision. Vision. Ancestral Vision. Ancestral Recall has a mana cost. I just giving that escape. <laughs> I, I want to give, I want to give Ancestral Recall escape. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, this is going to get, this is going to get restricted in Vintage. Um, Ancestral Vision. <laughs> I don't know why it isn't already restricted yeah. in Vintage. I, oh. Um, so, but Ancestral Visions doesn't have a mana cost. Yeah. So you give it a cost of n null, not zero, but null, plus exile some cards, and you can't cast that. You can't, okay. you can't pay that lack of a mana cost. Yeah. And so you can't cast Ancestral Vision. You can't pay breach. a value that doesn't exist. Yep. Um, note that this gives escape, which is an alternative cost. If there's other alternative costs associated with that, like... Uh, it's a force of will. You have to choose between escape's alternative cost and the alternative cost of the the other alternative cost that we try to apply. Okay. So, like, if if something has a, instead of paying the mana cost on this card, you may 
you may, you know, exile a blue card from your hand and pay one life, like force of will. Uh-huh. You can't pitch to force of will to pay, to fulfill the escape cost. It's like okay. when something's on sale, you can't use another discount code. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty um, much. Here's my question. Yeah. Like earlier when we were talking about the little spider yep. that comes back with some counters on it. Yep. And it says this spider. Uh, Jane Webb Arachnier. Yes. I'm, um, I'm obviously shortcutting. This spider uh, escapes with three plus one plus one counters on it. Yep. If I use Underworld Breach mm-hmm. to escape that spider, um, does it have counters? Yep, because it right. escaped. Dang, kids. You have, yeah, you don't have to use the printed escape. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier, if you give something multiple instances of escape, like that yep. Arachnir, you get to choose which one to use. You're so right, chain web Arachnir. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't care how it escaped. It yeah. only knows that it escaped. Right. It's like I did it. Wow. Yep. I, I got I out. broke I broke out of prison. That means I'm tough. Ready All right. to fight. Um the Sick. the mm-hmm. other thing with escape in this card is as mentioned, instance and sorceries will go back to your graveyards that you can escape with them again. If you escape ancestral recall three times in a turn, you are winning the game. <laughs> I sure hope so, kids. Uh, th- which is very, like, when I say this card is a problem for vintage, this is Yawgmoth's will that doesn't exile your cards. Hot. Like, th- okay. this is preposterous. <laughs> Sexy. Um, you can also, uh, yeah. Also, preposterous has been called. <laughs> you can also do all sorts of fun things with this. You can return this to your hand if you have something that says return target permanent to your hand. You can play Underworld Breach, do a bunch of nonsense, and then bounce it with your bounce spell. Um, which then lets you do it again the next turn, nice. which doesn't Great. seem that fair. Uh, I don't know why this only costs two mana. Can like, I bring this back with another Underworld? You can. <laughs> it probably won't help you that much. They're both going to get sacrificed during the end step uh, is the thing. Uh, okay. And so anyway, the, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with this card. Wow. Okay. So our most complicated <clears throat> friend so far. Yes, this is Breach. this is pretty handily the most complicated card in terms of like it has a new mechanic that it gives it to a bunch of other things and it behaves in ways that cards really haven't done in the past. Yeah. So. Fun. And it removes all the self-limiting stuff. This card is incredibly powerful. I don't. Uh, <laughs> so here's my here's my rant about two cards. Yeah. Uh, so Neshin Horn Beetle is a two-two for green and one, creature insect. At the beginning of combat, on your turn, if you control another creature with power four or greater, put a plus one, plus one counter on Nesh and Horn Beetle. Pretty straightforward. I, I right. am, and I emphasize so. some words in there. It has to be your com- combat on your turn, and you have to have another creature. Yeah, yeah. this is like the power. green-red draft deck. Here. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of cards that care about four power matters. Yeah. Stampede Rider is another card that cares about four power matters. It's a red and two for a two-three satyr with trample. At the beginning of each combat... If you control a creature with power four or greater, Stampede Rider gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Stampede Rider triggers both on your turn and your opponent's turn. Yeah. And yeah. if it somehow has four power, like you have equipped a sword on it, then it will trigger itself, unlike Nesh and Hornbeetle. Mm. So these cards are different. They look really similar. They have the same kind of words on them. They do very different things. Pay attention to them being different. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually frustrated that two cards that look this similar will behave this differently in actual play. Yeah. yeah, I was I actually referenced Stampede Rider during the team series final. I looked it up, I had the spoiler mm-hmm. right next to me and I read it and I completely forgot that it's each combat. Yeah, and you're you're going to get blown up by this if you go to a paper tournament and it's a competitive tournament and your opponent has a Stampede Rider and you attack into it, they can just 
surprise, I've got a 3-4 and you didn't realize it. I guess the good part of it is that you also have a 4-power creature. Yeah. <laughs> which yes. they, can, they know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but sometimes you'll be able to, like, you'll have, like, like the wings on it. And you'll be attacking with the other 4-power creature and leaving Stampede Rider home because you only have one way to have a flyer or yeah. whatever. There's a lot of 4-power flyers in this yeah, set. Yeah, that's a good point. And so, or 4-power four, four creatures that you'd be attacking with the other one leading Stampede sure. Rider home. So... Or you put a sword in Stampede Rider and surprise them by giving it a bonus with itself on their turn. <laughs> and so... It's our little satyr friend writing this. Oh, yeah, Galia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just really... She's I wanted always to point so out, happy. At least yeah. the art is very enjoyable. Yes. She's having a great and time. And I love how all the animals in Theros have cool designs on them. Yeah. yeah. Like this bull has a really cool pattern. Yeah. And the wolf token has spirals in its fur. Yeah. Uh, one with the stars... Blue and three, enchantment aura, enchant creature or enchantment. Enchanted permanent is an enchantment and loses all other card types. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> so I, I, this reminds you what it does. It still has its abilities, but it's no longer a creature. Okay. Uh, but what about enchantment creatures? Those are creatures. Yep, but now they're not. No, they're just an enchantment. They lost all the other types, but enchantment. They lose their creature subtypes. So if it's a goblin, it's no longer a goblin. Um, it loses... Anything that isn't an enchantment subtype, so if it's not an aura or one of the other ones like cartouche, then it's gonna it's gonna lose its enchantment subtypes. You know what it doesn't lose? Super types. It's still legendary, it's still snow, it's still basic, it's still world. Because man, once you're basic, you yeah, can't well, be yeah, yeah, you can't you can't stop being basic. <laughs> that poor goblin. Yep. But so if this is relevant, if you won with the stars, one of the demigods, which are uncommon legendary creatures, right? And there's a bunch of uncommon legendary creatures, so it's possible to open two of the same legendary creature in your pool. They can one with the stars, one of your legendary creatures. You'll play another copy, and then you have to choose which one to keep. Because okay. one with the stars does not remove the name, yeah. and it doesn't stop it from being legendary. All right. This is so funny, because I, I briefly read through the spoiler and saw this, and I was like, what does this even do? And I kept reading. I didn't even think of it as a removal spell. Yeah, it's a removal spell. It stops between creature. They, oh. they still have their text. But oftentimes, like, if they're just like, I, yeah, I got a 5-5, five five, and you're just like, I'll pay four mana to kill that. It seems fine. Yeah. If so. it had, like, an activated ability, does it still have that? Yep. Great. And you can tap that enchantment. You can get tapped enchantments. They're just fine. The rules support them. They just don't do them much. As in, <laughs> there are five. Uh, um, Altar of the Pantheon. Uh, this one has words that are hard to understand. Uh, it's a three-mana artifact. Your devotion to each color and each combination of colors is increased by one. Tap. Add one mana of any color. If you control a god, a demigod, or a legendary enchantment, you gain one life. Okay. So this first chunk that... It, they're they're trying to be clear about it, but it's still... I've had people that have been yeah. muddled about it. it. Anytime anything checks your devotion, whether that's to a single color or multiple colors at the same time, increase that number by one for each altar of the Pantheon. Okay. That's it. That's so if you're only... If you're looking at your devotion... Devotion? Oh, my goodness. If you're looking at your <laughs> devotion to green for mm -hmm. Nylea, yep. it would look at this and it'd be like, it's one more. Yes. If you're looking at your devotion to red and green... Yep. For something. For Clothis, yep. Yeah, for Clothis. They're both on the battlefield. Yes. Um, is your devotion to red and green only goes up by one? Correct. Not one for each. Correct. All right. That um, is confusing because yes. that does not say that to me when I read right, it. Right. That's what, but what they what they want, I'm assuming playtest, they just wrote devotion plus one on all their playtest cards. Yeah. Which, if you explain it that way, it makes sense. Anytime something checks devotion, increase that by one. And then somebody in editing came by and said, 
your words are beautiful, but I'm going to have to kill them and replace them with words that work. This <laughs> works, but it's incomprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Also, yes, no. you only ever gain one life from this. If you have four demigods, Alter don't care. You can only get one life out of it. Alter don't, Alter don't care. care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the front runner for oh Gross's God. card. I do. Yeah, you, you pro probably don't want to look. Um, <laughs> oh, it's too late. It's so uh, gross. Aspect uh, of Lamprey. Why? No. I just want to kiss why? you. Black and three. Enchantment Aura. If you haven't seen this card, by the way, no. you should look at it. Oh. Like, it's somebody with their You should look at it precisely once. It's a sucking lamprey mouth. <laughs> oh. Uh, so enchant creature you control. When aspect of lamprey enters the battlefield, target opponent discards two cards. Oh. Enchanted creature has lifelink. <laughs> okay. So this is what I talked about getting two for one. That so you can get this enchantment. Most of its value is tied up in the makes your opponent discard two cards. Yeah. Right. You're paying, paying four mana for a mind rot that gives lifelink. And that's on par for a reasonable limited card. The thing is that if you cast this and they remove your creature in response to the enchantment spell on the stack, then the enchantment spell fails to resolve, doesn't enter the battlefield, and won't trigger this triggered ability. Right. So you'll have spent four mana, they'll have removed your creature, which you cared about enough to give lifelink because you tried to put this on a good creature, and then you'll get blown out. There are like eight enchantments like this in the set that have enters the battlefield triggers. So be very careful not to play these into open mana and know that if your opponent plays them into your open mana, you can blow them out pretty badly. Mm. And also, this card is no. disgusting. Yep, I'm scrolling down, not okay. up. I'm, I'm scrolling out to the next one. This is how you feel looking yes. at that card, right? Yeah. Mm. Dreadful. I, love, I love this <laughs> It's a dreadful apathy. They're just like, <laughs> we can't. Oh, yep. We can't go can't. up these stairs. Yep. And this one the person in the background's like, I want to lay down, but there's these stairs in the way. <laughs> White and two, enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block. White and two, exile enchanted creature. Oh, yeah. So this is a removal spell, and then you get to remove the thing again after you removed it if you need the text gone. I saw it's really gone. Claws yes. be relevant when uh, a sweeper was cast, Shatter the Sky, which yep. killed all creatures, but before killing all of the creatures, they exiled this so that it could not ex escape. Yep. Uh, this is really good at exiling things so they can't escape. It's good at removing, it, not just locking it out of combat, but removing it from the board entirely to get rid of abilities. It kills yeah. gods. It's nice. Dang. Um, there's Even some if things they're not a creature yet? Well, it can't go on it. Enchant creature. It wouldn't be able to go on the god if okay. it's not a creature yeah. yet. As long as the god's a creature, though, Dreadful Apathy can come out and then make it really tired. The god's like, I'm too tired. I don't want yeah, to. I want to leave. I don't care. So... The things with Dreadful Apathy. Dreadful Apathy's activated ability cares about the thing that it is enchanting at the time that it's activated and at the time that it resolves. If Dreadful Apathy isn't on the battlefield at the time that the ability resolves, it uses the last known information. Uh, so if you have a Dreadful Apathy on the battlefield, activate Exile Enchanted Creature and then return it to your hand somehow, it'll exile the thing that it was enchanted on because that's the last known information about it when it was on the battlefield. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yep, and this is relevant for the flicker, the um, flicker of fate in this set. And also, there's a single mana blue that bounces an opponent's. Yeah, so if your opponent bounces your dreadful apathy, you can be like, yes. exile that thing, and yep. it'll be like, exile this creature, and it goes back to my hand. Well, it's it's just really awkward. Oh, right. Yeah. Because if they bounce your dreadful apathy, you get your dreadful apathy back, which isn't what they want. 
Oh, yeah. Which okay. is why it's bounce your opponent's stuff instead of bounce yeah. your stuff. Um, dreadful Apathy, when you flicker it with Flicker of Fate, when it comes out, it's a totally new Dreadful Apathy. It has no idea about its previous existence. It's a totally new object. So it isn't connected to the thing that is going to get exiled by that activated So ability. you could keep, in theory, playing this, activating the exile, And then flickering it in response, yep, to your own activation. Cool. Um, if you're doing this on Magic Online, you need to hold control in order to hold priority on your own Dreadful Apathy activation. Um, on Arena, you have to take full control mode to do that, right? I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I play more Magic Online than Arena because I play more Pioneer and Modern than I do than I do Standard by a wide margin. Um, so the other, other thing with Dreadful Apathy is a lot of times players will think that if I put an enchantment on your creature, you control the enchantment. It's not true. The player who played the enchantment controls it. So the controller of Dreadful Apathy, the person who cast it, is the one who gets to activate that ability in case there's confusion on that point because yeah, players reminder. will get lost. Flummoxed Cyclops. This card's flavor, <laughs> A+. Plus. I love this card. Uh, so red and three for a 4-4 four, four Cyclops with reach. Whenever two or more creatures your opponents control attack, Flummoxed Cyclops can't block this combat. Because <laughs> it can only it gets see one. Like, and he gets confused. And he he's just like, oh, there's so many. There's so <laughs> many attacking. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I don't know. So the thing with Flummoxed Cyclops is that's a triggered ability. If your opponent attacks with two creatures, that trigger is going to happen, and yeah. the trigger is going to stop him from blocking, even if you kill one of the attackers. Okay. So if you let them attack with two creatures, the Cyclops will get confused. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, even that's if, so even funny. If, even if you get rid of the one and leave one behind, he still yeah, got real confused no when they both came up. came at him. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! No! I know there was more yeah. than one. Yep. I, Amazing. Thirst for meaning. Blue yeah. and two instant draw three cards. Beautiful. Then discard two cards unless you discard an enchantment card. So you have some choices here. You can discard an enchantment. Or you can discard two cards. Those two cards could be enchantments if you want them to be. Yeah. Uh, it's relevant if you want to stock up your graveyard for escape because you need something in your graveyard. You can choose to discard an enchantment and something else or two enchantments or one enchantment. All right. Or two non-enchantment cards. Well, that's so good you to have, know. Yeah. Yeah. You have a whole bunch of different options for Thirst for Meeting. And don't let people tell you otherwise. <laughs> uh, and that was the last thing that was on my, my hit list for individual cards, wow. actually. Wow. That was a lot this time around. That is oh a man, lot. there's so many weird, tiny things buried in this set. Yeah. Like, I didn't even get into the heroic, you know, fake heroic yeah. mechanic. Fake heroic. <laughs> fake yeah. heroic. Which is whenever this thing is targeted, give all your creatures plus one plus zero. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be the target of a spell. Like, like I don't know why it isn't just heroic, but <laughs> all of them are named hero of whatever. They're like they oh, have really? her. Oh, they okay. have hero in the name, so. I just want to be able to search for them, right? Yeah. Hero. Like there's hero of the games, hero of the Nyxborn, hero of the Revel, hero of the Pride, hero of the Winds. Oh, that's kind of cool. Well, that's a neat way to remember that. Yeah. And so they did tie them all together. It's just I can't find them when I search for the word heroic using something like Scryfall. Yeah. Yeah. So. And like they this one says heroic deeds inspire new heroes. Well, yeah, I'm just put the word heroic in the. (laughs) about a heroic deed yeah. putting heroic on these cards right okay oh, okay that's really neat well uh like uh we're gonna take some questions from listeners yeah. but if you have questions that you're pre-release always remember to call a judge yes all right so now 
Kong got questions from listeners who have had, uh, you know, some burning issues to ask Judge Rob about related to Theros Beyond Death. And He's not a doctor. It's true. And we are not a medical podcast. That, that, that was yeah. that was going to be my so. objection. It was like, I can't solve all your burning issues. Yeah. Okay, great. So you've already answered some of them on yeah. the show, but the ones you haven't, we're going to go through. Yeah. All right. Chuck asks, can cards like cling to dust be used in response to opponents trying to cast cards with escape? Or does the escaped card go on the stack when the cost is paid, removing it from the graveyard, so yep. not targetable? Yeah, I forgot to bring this up heavily with escape. There's enough going on. Escape is paying a cost. You, If you have priority and the ability to cast a spell, you pay the cost, which is exile some cards, move that to the stack, pay some mana. Uh, your opponent can't respond in the middle of that, just like they can't like tap your land you're trying to tap for mana in the middle of you casting a spell. They can't remove those cards that you're using to pay for escape in the middle of you trying to pay for escape. Okay. Um, and so then it's it's outside of the graveyard and they can't exile it with Erebos's intervention or yeah um so yeah so the the card with escape is like on the stack once you've used it yes once you start right. casting it can you explain how the new Thassa and master of waves combo doesn't kill the elementals yeah so Thassa deep dwelling uh her relevant thing, as I mentioned, she's like the flicker. Um, she says, at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one other target creature you control, then return the card to the battlefield under your control. That's all one ability. It does all of its text. St uh, DLC sometimes judges will wear a shirt or say a thing. Lightning bolts don't kill creatures. State-based actions kill creatures. <laughs> Lightning bolt has never killed a creature in its life. You think it does, but what it does is it marks some damage on the creature, and then the the you know caretaker game comes by and goes, "You got too much damage marked on you. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take out the trash." Um, so the state based actions are checked at specific times. They're checked any time a player would get priority. So they're checked after something resolves and before a player gets the chance to cast spells. Um, after things happen, and there's no state based action check in the middle of Thassa Deep Dwelling's triggered ability. She does the whole thing, Master leaves and comes back, and he's not there, or he's not gone at a time when we check to see the toughness of creatures. So the, elementals those, yes, the elementals were like, is dad home? <laughs> yeah, they're like... <laughs> they didn't know he left. He yep. le oh, he was... Uh, well, he, 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 he just out. walked out. He walked yeah. into his office real quick and walked right back out before you even noticed. So, uh, you, you, you didn't even miss him. And he brought back more him. elementals with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. All right, uh, Brendan asks, Eidolon of Obstruction's ability does what exactly? So, Ooh. Eidolon of Obstruction. Uh, white and one. Uh, enchantment creature spirit. It's a 2-1 with first strike. And loyalty abilities of planeswalkers your opponent's control cost one mana more to activate. So loyalty abilities are the any of the plus or minus abilities in Planeswalkers. They enter with some number of loyalty counters and then they add or remove loyalty counters as a cost to activate their abilities. Idle of Obstruction makes you pay in order to activate those abilities That's in addition wild. to what you're already paying. Dang. Uh, and it doesn't change the timing on them. It doesn't do anything else except force you to pay one mana per loyalty activation, which frankly is not that big of a tax. Like the, this. Rob's over it. Yeah, I'm like, I, I like death and taxes type creatures, but this is not that punishing to Planeswalker players. No. Like, it's barely doing anything. Yeah. All right. Do tokens count towards devotion count? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so if a token Great. is a copy of something, it copies all the characteristics of that object. So if you if you have a, a card that says make a token copy of that thing, the, the token copy gets the mana cost of the object. Most infamously, in the first round of Theros, yes. there was Pack Rat from Ravnica. Right. 
And pack rat tokens are copies of pack rat. Yes. And so they would have a black mana symbol because they were copies. Uh, if they're just made by a card, so if something produces a just produces like a one one soldier token, that that doesn't have a mana cost on it by default. Uh -oh. So usually not, but occasionally so. Um, Fasa asks, can you kill Hactos with Erebos's or Perforos's intervention? Oh, good question. Sometimes. <laughs> so Erebos's intervention. Um, the thing that we care about is black X. Choose one target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. You gain X life. That's the mode that we care about. It's a modal spell. You choose which of the two modes to do. Um, if you line Hactos up, so it, protection does four things. It says it can't be damaged by, it can't be enchanted or equipped by, it can't be blocked by, and it can't be targeted by things with that quality. Debt is yep. what we used to remember yes. that. And so the the debt acronym tells you, well, Airbus's intervention wants intervention wants to target him. And so if you pick a number that he doesn't have protection from, you can kill him with Erebos's intervention. Uh, black and one has a converted mana cost of two. If he doesn't have protection from two, Erebos's intervention can get him there. All right. You, if you want to pick, if for some reason he's got a bunch of toughness because you've managed to, to pump him up, it's possible that Erebos's intervention might not be able to line up to that toughness in order to deal him enough to kill him. Usually Erebos's intervention will be able to get him because you'll just, you know, either black and uh, black and two or black and three or black and one will line up to his number. Yeah. Speaking of Erebos, can I use Erebos's ability to turn off its devotion to dodge creature-based removal? Yes. Uh, so Erebos, bleak-hearted, he has this. He's got the gods. You need at least five devotion thing and to to be a creature. He, black and one sacrifice another creature. Target creature gets minus two minus one at the end of turn. So if you're sacrificing anything that brings him down under the devotion number, he'll stop being a creature at instant speed, just in the middle of other things. Which hey, hey, I was in the peace, middle of stuff. Peace. I'm not a creature anymore. Yeah, he's ah. like, he's like, can't hurt me. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. And you can also, uh, a funny thing that you can do with him is you can target him with his own ability, and he'll stop being a, he can stop being a creature, which will counter that ability. Because he says, oh, target yeah. uh, sacrifice another creature, target creature gets minus two, minus one, until end of turn. So you target him with his own ability, sacrifice the creature to pay the cost, and then the ability gets countered. Or not countered, it fails to resolve. Because well, he isn't a creature at the time when it, when it checks. So if you really just want to have a party just doing whatever yep. <laughs> over on your side of the battlefield. Uh, it's... Oh, this is going to make clicks on Magic Online and Arena real weird, I think. Because <laughs> you'll be able to click on him with his own ability. Be careful with that. Um, May asks, if a creature has an activated ability with a colored mana symbol, for instance, clan guild mage, does that count to your devotion? No, only the mana costs on cards. The, yep. the stuff that's printed in the upper right counts towards devotion. All right, I've got a weird one for you, Rob. Mm -hmm. If my smuggler's copter is enchanted with awaken artifact, okay. which is the giant's, no, that's in soul artifact, the giant scissors. Yeah. Um, is awaken artifact a different card? No, I think they mean in soul artifact. Okay. And uh, it dies and is exiled by my Nightmare Shepherd. Is that a card? Yeah. Okay. That's one of the new cards in the set. Uh, that also has a bunch of... That's one of the things that can copy... That can make and copy okay. tokens of the set. The question is, is the token a creature, just a smuggler's copter, or something else? It's, it's going to be... <laughs> so, a Nightmare Shepherd... We could actually probably build this in this set because there's a... Uh, there's a 
uh, there's a vehicle in this set, which would behave is, yeah. pretty much the same Chariot. way. So Nightmare Shepherd is black, black two for an enchantment creature demon flying. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a 1-1, one, one, and it's a nightmare in addition to its other types. So it's a token that is a copy. It copies all the base characteristics of the card with two exceptions. It, it adds a type, if that thing's a creature, and it sets a power and toughness. Um, this does interact really strange with the vehicles, and I didn't think about that. So it sets a power and toughness. Uh, that vehicle now has that power toughness in the lower right-hand corner. If you crew <laughs> the vehicle, you get a 1-1. One, one. And when you crew it, it'll turn into a nightmare. But while it's not crewed, it's an unanimated vehicle because that's the base characteristics of the object. And it's not a nightmare because vehicles don't have creature types. Oh, my God. <laughs> sure. Great. Yep. All okay. right. There's vehicle in this set. Uh, that's yeah. going to come up. Wow. There's somebody here in our Facebook messenger asking, Judge Rob, why are you so handsome and well-read? And it's from somebody named Rob. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, Who could it be? So the, the answer is probably good upbringing. I blame, blame my parents. <laughs> the good, good genes for the, for the yeah. handsomeness. And yeah, my mom encouraged yeah. me to read from a young age. Oh, that's oh, great. That's wow. really great. Really nice. But then we have flavor questions like, how is Clothis? How do you say it? Clothis? Clothis. I, I pronounce it like I'd be pronouncing Clotho, so I said Cl Clothies. Okay, Clothies. How is Clothies both the representation of destiny and still red-green? And how is your agent, Calyx, white-green? And how did an artificial creature, Calyx, get a spark when similar beings like angels and demons cannot be made with one? Yeah, so the, the last chunk of that, I don't know, and I, do, I disagree with it. Um, green being destiny is fine. Like green, green is the color of destiny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you just decide this or what? Wow. No, yeah, a, a green, a green is a, a green is about um, nature, the natural order, and following the path that's oh, laid out for you. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Yeah, all right. And so, so yeah. having that be the it, be destiny is like, yeah, this is the thing that's going to happen. That's legit. Uh, and I like if I was choosing a three color combination for the three different fates, it would actually probably be green, red, blue, right? Yeah. Um, what about black though? What tie does black have to fate philosophically? Bad. <laughs> well, yeah, but you could... Bad fate. Bad fate. Like black um, white, I could see like an argument for black white being like, like karma. Right. Like yeah. karma. And I think fate. Triad sure. of Fates was a black white card, right? Yeah. 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 That's right. And so it was. so you okay. could you could make the argument that direction, but also you can just make the argument when you look at, at you know, the the world being correct and fit into the natural order of things that's green that's yeah. that's what green does okay. and then you've convinced yeah me. red is about free will which makes it really interesting i don't know oh. why red is tucked in there except that they didn't have a green red god because they've killed two of them now <laughs> one of them way off stage before everything Whoops. started um yeah all right but, yeah so if you have questions that Rob did not answer on our episode, feel free to head to the YouTube video mm -hmm. of this podcast, which will be live on Thursday of this week before the pre-release. Rob stops by for how long do you stop? Usually by? about a week. A week to check and make sure people still don't have questions. Yep. So you can post them there on our yep. YouTube channel, and which is youtube.com slash goodluckhigh5. Yep. And if I goofed anything up, let me know. I'll, I'll reply in the YouTube comments if I agree or disagree or have yep. whatever information. Yeah. Um, I've definitely corrected myself multiple times in them. Sometimes I make mistakes. I'm human like everybody else, despite what? my upbringing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, everybody, it's time for that moment you've all been waiting with bated breath for. Yeah, Cutest true. card and grossest card. Grossest card is Aspect of Lamprey. No further questions. <laughs> 
mean, honestly, that's all we have to say about nope, that. No, that's all we have to say about yep. that. You Never need to look at it again. Yep. And We're then, good. And then We're you, chill. And then you just won't host a host any kind of press junket about no. your, your info on this for 301 no. days. No, no. it's no. fine. Yep. It's good. It's done. All uh, right. There's, but, you know, in contrast, a bunch of cue cards from this set. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have uh, several runners up. I just saw Gift of Strength, which is a weird, strange combination of a bat, an anteater, and a raccoon painted by Winona Nelson, uh, which I guess you could say was cute if it wasn't so angry. Um, yeah. Golly of the Endless Dance, definitely cute. Uh, in the spirit of Tappy Toe Claws, it's just like, yeah, we've got yeah. to put that on this She's list. She's so happy. She's great. She's having a great time. Uh, Moss Viper, we got to put on this list, which my reaction when I saw it for the first time the other day was like, oh! cute it's a little one one death touch snack and he's just like hey would you like to be death touch oh would you like to be death touch he, al- he already death touched somebody and oh, now yeah, he's a he homeowner did. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's got their helmet oh this snake is a homeowner oh, makes so him cute. even more cute but for me cuteness sometimes supersedes just you know your cute looks but also what you're doing and your your actions make you cute um and in this case Vexing Gull wins cutest card <laughs> for Theros Beyond Death because not only is it a cute little burb, it also steal fish. Him steal, steal fish. fish. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you stole my fish. The best part of this art is the guy in the boat who's like, so oh, mad. Vexing Gull. <laughs> he's so mad. He's so mad, but look how much fish he has, and he's just mad at this exactly. one little fish. And this fish's look at its face is mischievous. It knows what it's doing. Yeah. It's like, I'm getting a free ride to escape to get... Eaten? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it knows that it's steel fish, but him don't care. No. Him cutest car. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense fish. to me. Him fish. <laughs> hey everybody, we gotta say thank you to Ultra Pro, another mm. one of our amazing yes. sponsors. Uh, with these beautiful green and gold dice. I've got Look some sweet D twenties here. So many. Are you a Packers fan? Consider getting D twenties no. in your favorite colors. <laughs> Consider getting out of town. I just well, realized that as I picked these up. Oh yeah. Well, they I actually I don't mean, even care about football. But. Well, I mean, the Packers are going to the playoffs, and the Vikings aren't, right? Yeah, oh. that's yeah. accurate. So I like, believe you. Yep. What two colors mm. did you pull? These ones are missing. <laughs> What do you mean they're missing? Oh, I don't know. It like they, they like, just fell out of their little holes. They fell out of the little packaging. Those ones are kind of like burnished bronze. Okay, bronze. Ooh, these ones are bright green and green. Oh, here's purple ones. Okay. They're oh, so beautiful. pretty. Every yeah. time that we send people stuff, I pick I pick dice that I feel. I read their name and then I feel. You feel what color? <laughs> what dice color they want. dice they want? You, you, yeah. you give them dice to match their chakras. Yes, exactly. Excellent. I'm reading their energy from afar. Yeah, mm, just like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. That's a whole other podcast right there. How are you like Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> so, yeah, a bunch of awesome heavy metal dice. Bring these to your pre-release. Your F&M uh, going yes. to a Grand Prix. They're so cool. Everybody always admires them when yep. I bring them out. So many. Oh, we have more guild sleeves. Oh, I love We have is it ones. We haven't had is it ones in forever. There's, I love these guild sleeves. Represent yeah. your guild. Even though yeah. we're not on Ravnica, you can still rep your guild. Yeah. Well, and who's Orzov? Like... Like, Who do we know that's Orzov? Think of accountants. A ce- yeah, fair enough. All right, there we go. Think. Um, can you think of a celebrity that you would emotionally say is Orzov? Ooh. Um, Tom Cruise. Wow. 
That oh, was interesting. Great poll. I was okay. going to say Susie Orman. Mm. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We found them. <laughs> well, there you go, everybody. That's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much to Judge Rob for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. And giving us a lowdown on Theros Beyond Death. We hope you have an awesome time yeah. at your pre-release or if you're just playing on Arena or Magic Online that you yep. have a great time too. Please send us photos of your pools. We love to see your pools, mm-hmm. cool yeah. stuff that you pulled, neat interactions that you got. All you have to do is tweet at us at GLHF Magic, and it will surprise and delight us, no doubt, while we're playing our own pre-releases for Theros Beyond Death. Remember to challenge me or on Tuesday, Megan on Thursday, and check out our Th- Theros early access stream on Wednesday on twitch.tv slash GLHF Magic, and sign up on our Arena Discord if you're a patron to play us in any format of your choosing. Any format? That's yeah. right. You can even invent one. So so Kamigawa block tiny leaders is acceptable? <laughs> <laughs>